Okay guys, I want to come to you with a different perspective today. I want to look at the life of King David. And I, um, I want to look at it from a principal point. There is a statement made by the Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians. And it says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man sows this he will also reap. Now, when the Apostle Paul made that statement, what we have to understand about him is that the Apostle Paul was a student of the scriptures and always remembered the scriptures that the Apostle Paul studied was the Old Testament scriptures. So many things, many analogies, many principles that he would draw, he would draw from the teachings of the Old Testament. And this is one of those particular principles that I believe not was just simply a revelation from Jesus the Messiah, because Paul also got revelatory knowledge directly from the Holy Spirit from the Lord Jesus Christ. But also, as a student of the Old Testament, Paul understood there were many principles taught in the Old Testament that also apply to the New Testament era. And that's one of those things I want to kind of talk about today. And that's in 2 Samuel chapter 11, I believe it is. 2 Samuel chapter 11. And we want to look at the life of King David. Now, because it is so extensive, of course, we can't go through all of the different. Um, we can't talk about it at length. But what I do want to talk about is the particular occasion of David's sin. Now, let me start it off this way. You know, oftentimes when we consider and we think about God and the grace that God has given us that is in Jesus, that is the cross of Jesus Christ. What do you mean? When Jesus went to the cross, he paid the penalty for all of our sins. There is absolutely no sin that we can commit that cannot and will not be forgiven. All sins, all sins can be forgiven us. And sometimes I think we take that for granted and we think that just because we have this wonderful option through the marvelous cross of Jesus that we can just go to God and ask God for forgiveness of our sins there is no consequence for that. And, and that's the thing. And, and but here's what here's the point that I want to drive home in this teaching today. Yes, there is forgiveness for all of our sins, no matter how horrible they may be. There is forgiveness. But never forget, although God does forgive us for our sins, there are always consequences. There are consequences in this world for our sins. There are consequences for our sins in the spiritual realm. When I say in the spiritual realm, that means by God. Even though God does not hold our sins against us, it does not mean, Hebrews chapter 12, that God does not discipline us as he disciplines all of his sons and that takes us to the story of David and I and, and here's where I want to give you guys a little enlightenment because oftentimes we hear about everybody knows about the story of David and Bathsheba but I, 
I don't know if we've ever really looked at the consequences of those sins. So if you'll let me just simply kind of make this halfway short of a teaching, and I haven't seen you guys in a while, but halfway short, let me just go to 2 Samuel chapter 11, and I'm gonna read one verse, and if you'll allow me simply to guide you through the rest of the story. It says, 2 Samuel 11 and 1, in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And that was David's first mistake. Notice it was the spring of the year, the time that kings are supposed to go out to battle. And instead of David going out to battle, for some reason, he is at home. Now the scripture doesn't tell us why David was at home. He could have had a head cold, I don't know. <laughs> but here's what's in my mind, guys. David should have been on that battlefield with his general and with his men. And instead of David being where he ought to have been, David was at the house which gave the occasion for this next thing to happen. And let's just go on. So it was that springtime, continuing verse number one, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. And that's when, at this particular, and, and just let me stop. That is the beginning of the story of David and Bathsheba. Because the next thing the scriptures tells us is that David was walking, top of his house and there he saw Bathsheba in a ritual bathing and that's when it all began and David sent for Uriah's wife. And we all know the story of David's sin with Bathsheba. But now allow me to tell you the rest of the story and it has to do with what I'm talking about, consequences. Now we know that David had an adulterous affair we know that David sent for Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, and he tried to get Uriah to sleep with his own wife because what had happened? We all know that Bathsheba had, David had gotten Bathsheba pregnant. And so Uriah had more honor than King David and refused to sleep with his wife. And David sent Uriah back to Joab, who was the general, with a letter in his hand that basically was a death note that that Uriah should be placed at the heat of the battle and that the men should pull back so that Uriah would be killed and therefore the scandal of David sleeping with this man's wife and then getting her pregnant, the, the scandal wouldn't come out. But nevertheless, even though David tried to keep all of this under wraps, God knew about it and what did he do? He sent the prophet Nathan to David and Nathan came and gave a little parable about a man who had this little lamb, took care of the lamb and another man had a stranger came to his house and the man came and took the lamb and gave it to him to eat. But anyway, the whole story is this. And, and this is the bottom. And I think sometimes people don't understand that particular story. So if you don't, just in case you don't, let me just tell you what, what's going on there. The stranger that's coming is David's sexual desire. It's David's lust, okay? And so the whole point of Nathan's parable was, David, you had plenty wives 
and, and concubines as well, and you could have satisfied that sexual desire that you had with one of them. But instead of you doing that, you took Uriah's wife and there you satisfied your physical desires. And that was an awful thing. But nevertheless, that, that's, what, that's what the whole point of the parable was. But anyway, David became so angry what happened that he said the man should suffer fourfold. He should pay fourfold for what he did. He didn't realize, and this is what I want you guys to get. I'm talking consequences. So I know it's a little long, but consequences is what I'm talking about. He didn't realize from his own mouth would come forth his own judgment. Notice David said this man should pay fourfold. Remember, David had Uriah killed. Okay, and he also had taken his wife. So in the end, all right. So once Nathan confronted David with his sins, what did David say? Immediately, immediately on, on being confronted with those sins, he confessed, he confessed. And that's the thing that I wanna talk about. This is what we often think, we think that we can sin against God. We can do some certain things that are awful and all sin is not alike. And I'm not trying to put all sins in the same bucket. That's not what I'm doing. But we want to think that we can just sin against God. And, and it's not with ignorance, sometimes with a high hand. And we think there's no consequence. And we look at the cross of Jesus and yes, the cross is great. But we think that once we do our own Psalm 51, blot out my sins and my transgression against me, that God just simply for forgives it and forgets about it. But that's not it. Sin always has consequences. And what did Nathan say? He says, yeah, okay, okay. God has put away your sins. In other words, you're not going to suffer the penalty. What was the penalty for David's sin according to the law of Moses? Death. Death for murder. Death for adultery. So that was, but God gave him mercy. God gave him grace. But just because God had forgiven David of his sins, it does not mean there'll be no consequences for David's sin. Now let me talk about the rest of it. So what happened? Nathan said, the child that has been born to you will die. And David, and remember, Bathsheba had, got, had gotten pregnant and had had the child. So we're looking at probably almost a year later until David repented. So that was a long time within itself. Did you guys realize that? But anyway, so what happened? The child got sick. And once the child got sick, David went into prayer and he prayed and prayed, but there was no relief until when the child finally died. Remember, the child finally died. What happened? The servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child is said, If he's acting this way, when the child is sick, he's going to sort of lose his mind once he finds out the child is dead. But instead, David understood that, well, there's nothing that he can do about it. So David got up, he washed himself, washed his clothes, got himself something eat and he continued on in the life but guess what now that child is dead all of that is due to the consequences of David's sin you got it the consequences of I'm sorry let me say sin in plural all right but now let's continue now now we got a dead child that is a consequence of David's sin and keep account that's one 
later on, and it seems that nothing has happened. Two, about two years later, we find out what has happened. All of a sudden, um, Amnon falls in love with his sister. Tamar, I believe her name is, the sister of Absalom. And what happened, he ends up raping his own sister. His sister is who? His sister is David's own daughter. And notice the similarity, the sexual immorality similarity. But nevertheless, he rapes her. What, what happens later on? Uh, a couple of years, I'm getting my time messed up, guys. I'm sorry. The couple of years should have been on the further side of this. Two years pass after the rape of David's daughter, Tamar, by his son, Amnon. And her brother, Absalom, plots revenge. He holds revenge in his heart. And in a wonderful day when they were having this dinner that Absalom had arranged, what happened? Absalom had some of his men rise up and kill what? And kill David's son. That's two. That's two sons. Two sons now dead. And so now Absalom is on the run because he has killed his own brother. And both of these boys, Amnon, Absalom, is David's son. Uh, years pass by, I think maybe about five years or so. But here's the point. More time is passing by. And finally, Joab uh, uses this old woman and constructs this tale to get David to bring his son home because Joab, Joab was David's general. He realized that David really wanted his son to come home and probably who knows whatever, and you know, after killing his own brother, there's a death sentence and whatever, blah, 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 blah. But the whole point is this, he got the woman to put on this show to finally get convinced David to bring Absalom back home. David brings Absalom back home but even when he brings Absalom back home in the course of about what five years or so he still didn't even see his son Absalom so Absalom is angry he starts manipulating Joab by setting his field on fire so that he can get a chance to see his father David and then begins another episode where Absalom begins to try to woo the people it seems kind of long but stay with me guys I'm talking about consequences he, Absalom, David's son, begins to woo and influence the people, saying if I were king, I would see about you and I would try to make sure that you would always have somebody to see about your problem. And so Absalom finally convinces almost all of Israel to get on his side and what he, and he ends up bringing a coup against his own father. And David ends up running for his life from his own son. I'm still talking about the consequences of David's sin because God told him the sword will not depart from your house. But remember saints, when David forgiven, he was. But there were still consequences. So David ends up running for his life from Absalom. And finally, and I'm going to just try to make that little long story short. 
Absalom comes after David in search of David to kill him, to get rid of David so that he can become the king over all of Israel and Judah. He ends up getting some of that beautiful hair of his caught up in a tree, Absalom riding on a donkey, and he ends up catching him and his feet off the ground and Joab, the general, they find him. There he is out there, feet off the ground, <laughs> a fool, and his hair caught in the tree, and Joab takes a sword and kills him dead. That's how many sons now? Three sons of David that are now dead. And David begins to cry and moan, oh my son Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. Consequences, y years, la years later, years later, and then even after the death, and I'm gonna just throw this in on you so I can close the story. Later on, after David had died and his son Solomon had come to the throne, Solomon's own brother was off, <laughs> he was also vying for the throne and Solomon killed his own brother. This was the fourth son. Do you remember when David said to Nathan, whosoever has done this thing, let him pay for it fourfold. And David paid for his sins, for his murder of Absalom with four of his sons. He paid with all of his wives and his concubines. Do you remember? And I know I kind of skipped over it as I glossed over the story. As David slept with what? Uriah's wife, his own son. And he did that in the dark. That's what God said. And what you did in the dark, I will do this in the day. And his own son, Absalom, slept with his own concubines in the sight of all of Israel. What is the point? David paid fourfold, and as David took that man's wife, he lost his own. Now, what is the point that I'm trying to say? God forgave David, and I believe the Bible simply said it this way. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I believe that God forgave David immediately because that's what Nathan told him, that God had pardoned him. But nevertheless, there will be consequences for what he has done. So, indeed, God will forgive us. Yeah, but be very careful. Never look lightly upon our sins and always be weary of what we do because just because God does forgive us, it does not mean there won't be consequences for our sins. And y'all listen to me on this one. Sometimes the consequences will follow you for years and years and years, just like it did David. Did you know that?